0: Hey, this is Kylie Gable back with another episode of the Feminization Boudoir podcast from Candy Apple Press. Uh, Today's episode uh, finds me reeling a little bit. Um, For a while, we've been alternating episodes with Shayla with episodes uh, with Faith, and um, Faith has been out of action for a while. Um, She's doing much better, she seems to be recovering. But she's been fighting the COVID virus. And um, the problem is, as you might imagine, first off, the great news, she didn't have to go into intensive care or stay in the hospital or anything like that. But as you might guess, if you're doing voiceovers and you're stuffed up and you're coughing and all that stuff, not the easiest thing to do. So hopefully Faith will be back with us before you know it. I have a lot of audios out right now being recorded. Uh, Shayla has got some ridiculous number, like eight of them. Um, Alice and Jerry has three of them. Uh, A bunch of new people have them. Faith has a couple. I mean, there's literally, I think, 15 or 16 audios right now that are being worked on. Some by people you know, and some by just amazing new people as well. However, today found me scrambling, and... It's only by a couple of minutes that I'm able to do this. Most of my clips, if you really want to support the show, I really appreciate you purchasing my clips on my Clip Store. The link's uh, below. And uh, Clips for Sale, Candy Apple Press, you'll find me. Um, But the thing is, um, this particular clip is actually only available on Audible. And if you're not a member of Audible, you can sign up, you know, get the free credits, and get this entire... Sixty thousand word book. Um, the audio is from um, the Boys of Alpha Theta New This is a direct this is a direct prequel to the book At the Mercy of the Deltas, and that audio I played months ago. So there's seven books I think that make up this series. You've already had number two, and this is clip number one now. So it's kind of a backwards order. This is the beginning of the story. With Audible, I'm only allowed to play 20% of this particular audiobook. And we, because of the length, we just barely do sneak in under the wire. So you'll get the whole first story. Um, And I hope you'll consider picking it up. Uh, The the woman who did this did an amazing job and then decided to quit erotica forever after recording it. And um, one of my readers said... He just wanted to burn down the fraternity house because he really, really did not like the women in this book. I promise you, there's a it's a little bit different, but I think it's a really great read. If you liked um, "At the Mercy of the Deltas," you'll like this one. And if you didn't hear it yet, be sure to listen to that next. So I'm gonna put on a little recording of me for our newest sponsor, and then I'm gonna hit the. the audio and it will be the boys of Alpha Theta New.
1: THE BOYS OF ALPHA THETA NEW Animal House. Every single fraternity in the 90s thought that they were Animal House. Even at a fairly small and academically challenging school like DuPont, every fraternity saw themselves through that same lens. The partier was just like that one character, and that guy who slept around was just like that other character. No fraternity at DuPont took to the excessive drinking, womanizing, and rude behavior like Alpha Theta New did. It was that partying, as well as a desire by some of the members to try freebasing cocaine, that led to the destruction of their first fraternity house in 2002. The fraternity tried to blame it on Middle Eastern terrorists, but the university wouldn't buy it. As a result, a fraternity that had blown through all their cash reserves on lavish parties, and that had no real alumni of any means, found itself needing to raise $80,000 to avoid being dissolved, and their fraternity reduced to a curiosity in old college yearbooks. Just when things looked bleakest, along came the girls of Delta Delta Omicron. Nobody was as surprised as the fraternity president, Davis Landon, when the sorority presented him with a check for $85,000. The Delta O's were not exactly known as one of the party sororities. They had some cute members, but it was a very straight-laced house, with the highest GPA in the entire Greek system. The Alphas gratefully accepted, and with the money from the sorority as well as the 1200 bucks they had raised themselves, they were able to build one of the nicest houses on the entire campus. What's that old saying about being wary of Greeks bearing gifts? I don't know if it applies to people from Greece, but it does apply to Greek houses. That's where I come in. My name is Matt Landon, and Davis is my brother though I don't see him much since he moved away after he graduated. He always used to tell me about the wild parties and fun they had, and I made up my mind when I was still in junior high that I was going to pledge Alpha Theta Nu. I was a lot different than my brother. He was smarter than me, but never did a minute's more work than he had to. Well, I, for my part, took pride in my grades, and I graduated as valedictorian in my high school class. I liked to think that I could have a high IQ and still graduate with honors. This is my story, but it's also the story of between 18 to 20 guys every year who pledge Alpha Theta Nu, completely unaware of what they're in for. It was a sunny but unusually cool day for early September back in 2010, when I unknowingly forever changed my life. I was a freshman at DuPont College, and... Like a lot of freshmen, I was taking mostly classes that I had no interest in, so that I could get my general education classes out of the way. I was walking over to Payer Hall, where my survey of British literature class was meeting. Out of the corner of my eye, I spied two very cute girls in Delta Delta Omicron shirts walking towards the hall. One of the girls was a long-legged brunette, wearing a pink sorority t-shirt. She was wearing shorts, and I was very appreciative of the view I was getting of her legs, despite the chilly temperature. The other girl was a blonde with glasses. It wasn't until they were closer to me that I saw her face, which was, again, just stunning. This wasn't supposed to be one of the hotter sororities on campus. I couldn't wait to see those girls. Looking around the classroom, I was definitely impressed. Not only was there about a two-to-one ratio in favor of the fairer sex, but even the professor couldn't have been much older than 25. Professor Shepard was new to DuPont, and possibly to teaching college. I guess she'd gone here herself, but she was a stone fox. She was about three inches taller than my five-foot-eight, and she wore heels, which made her tower. Again, she was very leggy, and though she was dressed in an almost too professional manner, You could see that underneath that suit was a body with curves in all the right places. As luck would have it, I no sooner took a seat near the front of the classroom than the two girls I had seen earlier from Delta Delta Omicron took the desks behind me. The first class, I learned, was usually just the professor reading the syllabus and telling you that you'd better take their class seriously. But Professor Shepard was different. After spending five minutes on the syllabus, she immediately began with a lesson on the Canterbury Tales. I immediately began to daydream about the two of us together on a tropical island making love while the waves rushed in. "'Would you agree, Mr... Mr. Landon?' she asked me. Unfortunately, I had no idea what she was talking about. "'Yes,' I said, trying to save face." Would you care to elaborate? What is the wife of Bath's only power? And why is that a problem? Casting spells, I said, taking a crazy stab at it. And it's against her faith. The snickering I heard all through the class let me know I had missed badly on my guess. But looking up, Professor Shepard didn't even crack a smile. It's her sexuality, Mr. Landon. Throughout history, that's been one of the few powers that women had. Don't you agree? Asked Professor Shepard. I don't know. I replied sheepishly. Oh, come now. Surely, you've felt powerless in the face of a sexually powerful woman, haven't you? I mean, sure, guys want to sleep with hot girls, but that doesn't mean we're going to call them back or anything. Is that what you mean? Uh, Ladies... You might want to remember that statement, if Mr. Landon asks you out on a date. Young or not, this professor was a ball-buster, and I just got lesson number one. She might be fun to look at, but I did not think I would like being in her class. Professor Shepard, there are actually two problems with her only power being her sexuality, said a female voice from behind me. She justifies her lustfulness by misinterpreting scripture, but it's against her faith. Also, she knows she's getting older and then she won't have her power any more. That's very good, Miss Summers. You had something to add, Miss Hastings? Asked Professor Shepard, taking volunteers to help the class out of the ditch I had driven the discussion into. In answer to your first question, I don't think of the wife of Bath as any kind of rebel or hero, and definitely not a feminist one. She's playing by the rules established for women at the time, and frankly, she's not playing very well. Well, let's look a bit at the history behind this section. I think we're in for some very exciting discussion this semester, said Professor Shepard as she turned on her heel and walked back to the front of the class. She was crazy if she thought I was going to find this kind of talk exciting. Thank God business books aren't written in Old English. I decided to try and salvage something from the class by flirting with the girls behind me in class. I only later learned that I was playing with fire. Hey! I called out to the girls as they were walking up the stairs ahead of me. You guys were great in class today. This is a big change from high school, I'll say that. Thanks said the brunette, paying me very little attention. That's Miss Summers, right? I asked. All this produced was an eye roll. She turned around to face me, and her friend followed. Yes, freshman. That's Elizabeth Summers. So, in high school, you could just daydream in class and confuse the Canterbury Tales with your latest Harry Potter book? She snipped. Um, well... Maybe you need to spend a little less time checking out your classmates and your professor, and a little more time focusing on your studies. Or you're not going to make it here very long. And before you ask, I'm Lauren Hastings. Have a good day. Interjected her friend, with all the enthusiasm of someone filling out their income tax form. Wait! I saw you're in Delta Delta Omicron. I'm pledging Alpha Theta Nu. I said, desperately. It's very selective. I doubt they'd take you, snapped Lauren. I'm a legacy. My brother was president. Oh, you're that, Landon, replied Elizabeth, who then turned to Lauren, saying, his brother is the one who was president during the fire. Oh, Lauren nodded. That's great. We're both big sisters over at the house this year. Maybe you'll be one of our little brothers. That'd be cool, I replied, happy to see the fraternity was already opening doors for me. I think you're definitely Alpha Theta Nu material, said Elizabeth enthusiastically. We need to go, but I'll put in a good word for you with the pledge committee. I won't bore you with the story of Rush Week. Alpha Theta Nu was the only house I pledged. When you'd make the required visit, other houses talked about alumni connections, brotherhood, philanthropy, and academics. All are important, but Alpha Theta News Representative talked about parties and girls. Their stories were the best, and even though none of the other houses had any non-house members there, the Alphas had several very attractive women there. Some of the women served as waitresses in these awesome little bunny outfits that were ridiculously sexy. One of them sat on my lap, tussled my hair, and gave me plenty of attention, while one of the active members talked to me about the house. I don't think he saw my growing boner, but as she was on my lap, I don't know how the girl could have missed it. She just giggled. There were also several of the Delta Delta Omicron sisters there, which seemed a bit odd, but nice just the same. I was thrilled to be accepted. Even better, DuPont had grown wildly since my brother's time here. As a result, there was a housing shortage that allowed freshmen to move into Greek houses in order to open up space in the university housing system. I guess I first noticed that things were odd during Hell Week. We were given t-shirts, which we proudly put on, but as I looked at them closer, they were strange for a frat. The shirts were a very light red that was almost pink, And they had a castle on the front. In a very flowery font, it said, There's no place like Alpha Theta Nu. On the back was my pledge nickname, which they said was Candy because I was nuts and my moves are so sweet. Isn't this kind of, I don't know, girly? I asked. Do you have a problem with it, pledge candy? Asked Duke, who was the pledge chairman. No, brother. I just don't understand it. Since you're a lowly pledge maggot, I'll explain. It means when you join our fraternity, it is your home. It also means we're kings of the castle. He said enthusiastically. (laughs) I still thought it looked much more like a sorority shirt, but I guess we didn't have the most fashion-savvy house on campus. Hell Week contained all the humiliation you might expect. I was pelted with eggs and shaving cream. Had my underwear confiscated and replaced by a mandatory bra and panties that I had to wear instead. I was sitting in my British literature class, while Professor Shepard was explaining something or another about 19th century poetry, when I felt my bra strap snapped. I could hear Lauren and Elizabeth snickering behind me. It was snapped a second time, this time much louder. When I turned around to complain... Elizabeth gave me a small slip of paper, and smiled and waved at me. The note said, We can see your bra through your t-shirt, Candy. Lift up the bottom of your shirt so we can see the color. I shook my head no, and I received a few more snappings. That night, I was given a demerit by Duke for disobeying an order from a Delta Delta Omicron active. Eventually, there would be a punishment. But tonight... The pledges had to go over to several sorority houses and sing for the girls. It wasn't until I was singing for the girls that I realized just how bizarre our song was. Sweetheart of Alpha Theta Nu I want to be just like you And do the things that you do From your hair down to each shoe Other frats, they can't compete, cause alpha Alpha boys are all so sweet. Please make me feel complete, kneeling down at your feet. The girls applauded and cheered us. And then we were all paired off with members of the sorority. We were told that these girls would be our big sisters. Just as she had hoped would happen, I'd been paired with Elizabeth. As she came over to me carrying a teddy bear, I greeted her warmly. Wow, you were right. I'm so glad to have you as my big sister, I told her. Well, it wasn't all luck. I kind of campaigned for you. Really? I felt flattered. Yeah, one of the jobs of a big sister is to make sure you don't embarrass your fraternity. And judging by class, I have a lot of work to do with you. Hey, I snapped as my pride turned to hurt feelings. Hey, is that how they tell you to talk to an active at that house of yours? No, sir. Do I look like a sir? She barked. No. Ma'am, the word you're looking for is ma'am. She said, rolling her eyes in exasperation. No, ma'am. Stick out your chest pledge. Be proud of your assets. Yes, ma'am. That's still unacceptable, she sighed, grabbing a box of tissue from the coffee table and filling my bra cups with its contents. Use a pair of socks when you get back home. From now on, if you're wearing a bra, I want it fully stuffed to its proper size. Uh, that's going to be noticeable, ma'am. I stammered, damn right it will be. That's the point of having boobs, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. How long have you been wearing that bra and those panties? For a week, ma'am. And how many times have they been laundered? None, ma'am. Okay, we need to fix that. My eyes are watering just smelling those gross panties. Follow me, she said, leading me up to her room, which was much nicer than the rooms at the fraternity house. It was bigger, and she had obviously put a lot of thought into its decoration. The walls were purple, and there were a lot of pictures of space on the wall, as well as the typical posters and pictures you'd expect in a girl's room. She immediately went to her lingerie drawer and pulled out a new bra, which was a size bigger than the one I had, and was a black push-up model with an underwire. She tossed me three pairs of panties as well. Turning to me, she said, These will do you until the weekend. But then you're going to have to buy some of your own. You can keep those. I'm not going to want them after they've been on your stinky body. Now change. Where should I go? I said, change. I mean, where should I go to change? Here will be fine. Embarrassed, I stripped down and did what she said. I noticed her snickering when she saw my dick. I don't know why. I'm pretty sure it's average size when it's fully erect. I stepped into the panties and fiddled with the bra. I was getting much better at putting one on since I had been wearing the one I had for a while now. Here, put these on too. She said, tossing me a pair of black pantyhose with a floral pattern to them. I can't put those on. Nobody said I had to wear pantyhose. I just did. Do you need me to get my paddle down from the wall? Or do you think your brothers don't want you listening to your big sister? No, it's just that it's going to be embarrassing. Hello? You're a pledge. It's supposed to be embarrassing. She snapped. Now quit stalling. Reluctantly, I put on the pantyhose. They felt tight and confining over my panties. Even worse, I was wearing a pair of khaki shorts so the dark-patterned hose would be very visible on my legs. There. I did it. You have a real talent for putting pantyhose on. Most guys can't do it so easily on their first try. This is your first time, right? Yes, of course. Ma'am. I said with probably a little too much attitude. When you get some more bras and panties, you will pick up at least a half a dozen pairs of pantyhose. You'll probably run them at first. I'm pledging a fraternity, not a sorority, ma'am. Seriously? Don't give me that bitchy little attitude, or you're going to be painting your fingernails and toes, too. She barked. I nodded, and the two of us went downstairs. I was pleased to see that I wasn't the only one of my pledge class who the girls had made look ridiculous. Dollface was trying to apply lipstick to his face while checking his reflection in a mirror while Shorty was trying to balance himself precariously on three-inch, spiked-heel shoes. The girls thanked us for a very entertaining afternoon, and we hugged our big sister's goodbye. Um, sorry I gave you a hard time, I said as I embraced Elizabeth. It was awkward, as my stuffed bra and her actual breasts made it a challenge to position ourselves. Really? she asked, surprised. Yeah, I know that we're supposed to be bonding through this silliness. And it's great of you to take your time out to help our frat. (laughs) I appreciate that. But you know it's going to get a lot harder. You may be surprised. I'll deal with it, I said confidently. I noticed right away that the other sorority houses treated us a lot different than the DDO girls did. While at their house, they were kind of mean to us. But we got the idea that the DDOs were happy to see us. Well, I couldn't put my finger on it, but the other houses seemed to treat us more as jokes. Rather than gathering their whole chapter, they'd just have whoever felt like it come watch us. The only other house to give us their full attention were the Delta Theta girls, who really seemed interested in taking a lot of pictures of us and asking us all sorts of questions. They also gave us a big sales pitch to buy their big fundraising calendar when it came out, but they couldn't even tell us who the model would be yet. That night was Discipline Night. All of us who had earned a punishment were forced to draw a card and do the punishment that matched the card. Duke and some of the other actives supervised everything. There were three of us who had earned the dreaded demerit, and when we were asked if we wanted to take individual or group punishments, we chose group punishment in the spirit of brotherhood. We drew our card, and it was the Three of Diamonds. It turned out to be one of the worst tasks We had to go into the basement, and using the props and shopping bags, we were to make an amateur porno of at least 10 minutes. Nobody had to come, but we had to make sure that anybody watching the video believed we came. I was with Dollface and Barbie, who visibly groaned at the assignment. We marched down to the basement to get started. We had as much time as we needed, but until the video was shot and edited, we would have to work on it and ignore everything else. What's in the bags? asked Dollface. Oh, no, sighed Barbie as she looked inside. It's makeup, lingerie, and heels. Well, I'm not going to be the girl, insisted Dollface. Does this strike anyone else as odd? I asked. What? asked Barbie, perplexed. Our nicknames, for one. You are an 18-year-old man. Why are they calling you Barbie? I asked. Because my family owns a barbecue restaurant, and I worked there since I was, like, eight. What are you saying? asked Dollface. It just feels like everything we're doing is all designed to turn us into girls or something. I said, You're just overreacting, replied Barbie. I know it's been tough pledging, but let's face it. Embarrassment is a big part of it. Frats have been putting their pledges in dresses since they started. Maybe... It just doesn't feel right, I replied. Let's get this video done. I'm still not going to be the girl, said Dollface. Well, it's only women's stuff in there. Let's make it a lesbian video and we'll all be girls. I suggested, it's the only fair way. I guess, responded Dollface. They really want us act like we're doing it. I know it's gross, but let's just get it over with. I mean, it is a punishment, and right now everything is about embarrassing us. So I guess they went with something particularly embarrassing, offered Barbie. We stripped down and put on the clothes. There was a red teddy that fit me, and they were nice enough to include matching stockings and heels. There was makeup in the bag, and none of us really knew how to use it except for Dollface, who had received a small amount of training earlier in the day from his big sister. After we were properly attired... We set up a tripod so that we wouldn't need a camera operator, and proceeded to gyrate with each other and pantomimed humping each other. At one point, I got on my knees in front of Barbie, and took his dick in my hand, pretending to be giving him a blowjob, but keeping it out of my mouth. We went back and took some close-ups that we could edit in, and put a porn-worthy soundtrack to the video. We entitled it College Sluts in Heat, and declaring it finished, we brought it upstairs. As the video played... The brothers hooted and hollered and catcalled at the television as it played. But in the end, they declared that we had done well. I know that wasn't an easy assignment, but that's what we want to see. Our fraternity's president, Skyler, Sky Donovan, told the assembled audience. He was a senior marketing major who wasn't a real forceful type of leader, but he did have a very good GPA. And while he had long red hair that made him look a bit like a hippie, It was always maintained and shined in the light of the television room. No matter how silly what you have to do is, in this house, we expect you to give it 100%. Getting ready for class the next day was tough. I knew that I had Professor Shepard's class, so there was no way I was going to be able to hide from Elizabeth. I had been so excited to have her for my big sister, but now I realized it was going to suck that she'd be able to keep such close tabs on me. I put a pair of my socks into the black bra cups to fill out her bra to its natural 36C cup size. It was just my luck that she had a healthy set of breasts. I slipped on a pair of her black panties and the new pantyhose before putting on my jeans and shirt. We had to wear our no-place-like-home fraternity shirts today, and the black of the bra definitely showed through the pink of the magenta shirt. I was going to change to a lighter-colored bra, and then realized when people saw I was sporting such big tits, it wouldn't matter much. At breakfast, none of the actives found my appearance alarming or worthy of mocking. I saw that Dollface's face had been made up expertly. He later told me that Skye had seen him struggling to put the makeup on this morning, and had helped him. Shorty was walking much better on his heels as he made his way around the kitchen to get cream cheese for his bagel. Meanwhile... Brave's long red hair was in a French braid this morning. I made my mind up to have a talk with Skye this afternoon. It seemed like every single big sister was doing something to feminize us. It couldn't look good for our fraternity for us all to be seen around campus like that. Leaving the safety of the fraternity house with Dollface at my side, we got more than our share of comments, wolf whistles, and smirks as people saw us walking to class. This is so humiliating. But just remember, it'll be worth it when we're actives. We belong to the hottest pottying fraternity on campus. Did you ever see that movie Animal House? He asked me excitedly. I've seen it. But so far, we haven't had one wild party. We baked brownies for the sororities. We've sung songs about belonging at a woman's feet. And we've had to memorize our pledge book. Do you have it memorized yet? I asked. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to earn another demerit. What's with that huge chapter on all the requirements for how we had to clean the house? Well, that's important. Your pledge book shouldn't tell you how to steam curtains, dollface. face. I guess, but it's worth it. That's all I'm saying. He replied, full of enthusiasm, before darting down the path leading to the science building, while I made my way to British literature. By the time I got there, most of the seats were already filled, and Elizabeth and Lauren were already there. They motioned me to a seat in between them, in a way that was more command than request. I had sat down for all of about thirty seconds, when I felt Elizabeth's hand reach into my jeans. Hold on, don't get too excited. I'm just checking your underwear, little sister, she teased. That's little brother. Huh, I don't think my brother wears a bra and panties, she replied. He doesn't have a rack like that, that's for sure taunted Lauren. Barbie is your little sis- brother, isn't he, Lauren? I asked. Yeah, that's right, she said, handing me a small plastic shopping bag. Actually, if you'll see him before I will this afternoon, can you give him this? Sure, I said, looking inside. The bag was full of Barbie's school supplies, and I turned to face her, showing my shock and displeasure. Oh, You're not getting all the fun, Candy, she said, emphasizing my pledge name. I was starting to do a lot better focusing in Professor Shepard's class, and had even answered some questions last time impressing her with my knowledge. Unfortunately, the events of the last day had left a lot on my mind, and I zoned out. On its face, this poem seems to be about a girl mourning the loss of her pet. Even your anthology explains it that way. But let's look a bit deeper, shall we? Asked Professor Shepard rhetorically. Mr. Landon, what words and imagery do you see repeated? Um, I replied. I hated her ability to find just the moment when I wasn't paying attention to call on me. This wasn't high school. No other professor cared if you paid attention in their class. I tried to save myself, answering hesitantly. Fawns and lilies. That's a good start, Mr. Landon. So, could she be mourning something besides the loss of a deer, of all things? What else could Marvel be talking about? I don't know, I replied. What did we just read that used fawns and lilies? She asked. I really don't know. I answered, shaking my head, hoping that she'd get the hint to call on someone else. Song of songs, Mr. Landon. Like two fawns. Like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. She peered down at me. Doesn't that ring a bell? What are they talking about? Nature, I guess, I replied. Breasts, Mr. Landon. Breasts. Marvel calls them milk-white lambs, she announced to the class, and I must say, you are sporting a magnificent pair yourself today. The reaction was hysterical laughter, as the strict professor cut a joke at my expense. Even Lauren called out, you should see his legs. The laughing at my expense went on for a good two or three minutes, as I sat there flushed, much to the amusement of the girls on either side of me. At the end of class, I stormed up to the front of the room to talk to Professor Shepard. You know, I said, putting my things down on her desk loudly so she would look up, I did not appreciate that. Didn't appreciate what? She asked with faux innocence. Calling attention to my pledge attire, I replied. Oh, so you're being hazed? That's a serious charge, you know. Your fraternity could lose their charter. No, I said, stopping dead in my tracks and turning ashen white. The university's anti-hazing policy had never occurred to me. So why were you wearing a bra? A stuffed bra to my class, then? She asked. I... I stammered. Was it because you like wearing a bra and you wanted to wear it? Um, yeah, I said. So, you're pledging Alpha Theta Nu? Yeah, I am. Well, they've got quite a reputation, she said. Anyway, if you're a transgendered student who is wearing a bra, because you feel comfortable doing so, and not because anybody is making you, the university has a very strict policy there, too, the faculty shall in no way impede the expression of your perceived gender. Yeah, that's it, I said, almost relieved. What was that Miss Hastings said about your legs? Uh, I'm wearing pantyhose, too, ma'am, I whispered. There's no need to whisper, Mr. Landon. Everybody else has left. In fact, show me. Drop your pants and show me your pantyhose. I assume you are wearing panties, too? I can't, and I'm pretty sure that you would get in big trouble if anybody saw that. I replied, making the horrible mistake of issuing her a veiled threat. So, you don't feel comfortable expressing your true gender Or is it that you're being forced to wear these things? She asked, her tone getting harsh again. Reluctantly, I did as I was told. I stepped back, and she actually made me step completely out of my pants. "'Are you happy?' I asked. "'I'm ecstatic. You may put your pants back on,' she instructed. "'I really like that pattern, by the way.' I hurriedly began to put my clothes back on. "'You don't have a right to do this, you know.' "'I'm sorry, Mr. Landon. Maybe I did cross the line.' Doesn't it suck to go to class wanting to learn and teach and freely exchange ideas about great literature and poetry, only to have someone disregard your thoughts and opinions to stare at your body and check out your legs and breasts the whole time that they're in class with you? I... uh, I stammered. Damn. She was right. I'll make it easy for you. I won't go to the administration with allegations of hazing if you don't want me to. Thank you, Professor Shepard. I promise to be more focused in class. It's just that you're very be- I said excitedly before she interjected. However, so you don't have to drop your pants again, I want you to wear shorts to my class as long as you are wearing pantyhose, so I can make sure you aren't being hazed, she ordered. "I I can't. I shook my head. It's your choice, but if you don't want me going to Dean Morris- You will also start keeping your legs shaved so that they look good in your pantyhose. I was now near tears. The humiliation I felt today would only be worse when I came to class like that. I turned to walk quickly toward the door, saying, Thank you, Professor. Don't forget your books and your Barbie notebooks. She stopped me, snickering as she noticed the contents of my shopping bag. By the time I was to the door, tears were streaming down my cheeks. I kept my head down as I raced across campus to the fraternity house, with hopes of just crashing in my head. I know we weren't supposed to be cutting classes, but there was no way that I was in any mood for an art class at this time. No sooner did I get into the house than I saw posted on the announcement board that we were going to get to go to the Delta Delta Omicron house today at 3 p.m. In honor of our pledge class, and the great job that we did serenading them yesterday, we were invited to happy hour. I didn't want to see any more of Lorne and Elizabeth. I didn't see what choice I had at this point except to quit. The idea had been unthinkable a few days ago. But maybe I just wasn't cut out for this fraternity lifestyle. I set my alarm for one o'clock. I had some urgent business before this latest commitment. After leaving college, my brother took a job in England. It wasn't anything spectacular, and he had wanted to see the world. He wasn't in contact with our family too much, but he always seemed happy. After all the bragging he did to us about his fraternity days, I figured if anybody could help me figure out what to do next, it was him. I dialed him up. With the six-hour time difference, I figured he'd be home from work. Hello? He answered. Hey, Davis. It's me, Matt. Oh my god. Little brother. It's good to hear from you. I'm sorry, I, I, I have a little cold. He said, clearing his throat. Hey, it's good to talk to you too. I hope things are going well over there. Yeah, it's great. But this must be costing you an arm and a leg. Is there anything I can help you with? You should have just emailed me. Yeah, Davis. I paused. I pledged Alpha Theta new. You did? He asked, sounding less than enthused, and breaking up ten to fifteen seconds of awkward silence. How could I not? You made it sound like such fun, with all the parties and everything. What are you wearing? He asked me, suddenly serious... "'Hey, is this an obscene phone call?' I asked jokingly, hoping to change the subject. "'Matt, this is totally serious.' He warned me in a deep and somber voice. "'What are you wearing?' "'My pledge t-shirt and jeans.' "'And underneath?' "'Davis. "'Matt, what underwear are you wearing?' I'm pledging, Davis. It's a bra, panties, and pantyhose. Matt, what I'm telling you now, I was sworn to never tell another person. The fraternity is not what you think it is. I made a big mistake when our old house burned down. You've got to get out of there. Quit and go back to your dorm. Move back home with Mom and Dad if you have to. But get out of there. He instructed me with panic in his voice. Davis, calm down, man. I've noticed things are strange here, but I've got no clue. What's going on? The Delta Delta Omicron girls. When they bought the house, they... The phone went dead. I tried to get a dial tone, but I couldn't. I don't know what Davis was trying to tell me, but if he knew I was wearing women's underwear then my suspicions had to be correct. This wasn't just some random humiliation. They were feminizing us. Why would the actives do such a thing? These were questions that I didn't really want to answer. I made up my mind to go and tell Skye that I was going to have to leave the fraternity. Entering Skye's room, I saw it with fresh eyes. His room had a canopy bed. I always thought the handcuffs that were attached were rebellious, but now I wasn't so sure. He had told me that he had decorated it to impress the girls, but it was clearly feminine. He even had a feminine lilac-colored desk set. His door was open, and he was lying on the bed reading a magazine, which he put aside when he saw me enter. Hey, Candy. What's up? Sky? I need to quit the fraternity. Whoa, hold on there. I know pledging is rough, but it'll be worth it once you're accepted. It's not that. I shook my head, trying to explain myself delicately. It's just not what I thought it would be. We really like you, and we think you'll fit in great, Matt. I wish you'd give us another chance, he said reassuringly. No, Sky. I'm afraid I'm through. Your mind is made up, then? I'm sorry, but it is. I replied. Okay. Well, we hate to see you go. Unfortunately, you're going to have to stay here until we can get your housing situation straightened out. They've given your old room away. I'm sure you can't just stay there. Yeah. I figured. I nodded my head. Can you do me a favor? What is it? I asked warily. Just don't tell anybody until after happy hour. The pledges deserve a chance to blow off some steam. And knowing that you're leaving would put a dark cloud over things for them. It's never good to lose a pledge brother. I guess I can do that. But I'm letting them know as soon as it's over. I don't intend to stay here any longer. Sure. You're rooming with Dollface and Stilettos, right? Yeah. Well, I hate to see you go, but I understand, replied Skye, taking my hand and shaking it before giving me a hug. I left the room and went back to my room. Dollface was there, and I broke the news to him. You're really leaving? No way. He said, shocked. Yeah, I'm afraid so. You might want to think about it too, you know. I talked to my brother, and he urged me to get out. I replied, No way. I'm Alpha Theta New till I die. If I had to leave, I'd break down and cry. He replied, quoting one of our pledge songs. I'm telling you, something's not right. I told him, Forget about it. You're just being paranoid. He told me, Suit yourself. But don't tell anybody until after happy hour, all right? I told Skye I wouldn't ruin the party. Good idea, he said. I started to pack my stuff up. I felt strange taking off my bra. But what could they do? Kick me out? I heard a knock on my door and quickly hid my suitcase so that nobody would see that I was moving. Once it was clear, Dollface opened the door to find Lauren and Elizabeth staring back at him. Hello, Pledge Dollface, said Elizabeth. Hi, girls. He smiled nervously. Can you give us some privacy? We need to talk to your roommate, said Lauren. Please do. Maybe you can talk some sense into him, pleaded Dollface as soon as he left the room. Now, what the hell is this about you quitting? Demanded Elizabeth. (sighs) I wondered how long until Skye called you. I smirked. What's that supposed to mean? Asked Lauren. I'm still trying to figure that out myself, actually. I'm done, though. After happy hour, I'm going to be moving out of the house. That's really messed up, announced Lauren. Look, I know Hell Week is hard, but you've got a great bunch of friends here. You don't want to leave me without a little brother, do you? Asked Elizabeth giving me the puppy dog eyes that probably worked so well with most guys as she moved onto my bed and put her arm on my shoulder. It's not just Hell Week. Professor Shepard wants me to come to class in shorts with my legs shaved now. I pouted. Lauren snickered, and I even caught a smile breaking on Elizabeth's face before she caught herself. Candy. She tried to soothe my humiliation, but I cut her off sharply. That's Matt. Okay. "'If your mind is made up, Matt,' she smiled, offering me a handshake. "'I do think you're going to regret this, but I wish you well.' I accepted her handshake and went back to packing. "'Do wear your bra one last time, Candy,' said Lauren. "'We wouldn't want your brothers to know you're out.' I donned the female underwear again, but I refused to stuff my bra cups. When the time came... Dollface, Stilettos, and I went down to the lobby to meet our brother. The short, mincing steps that Stilettos was taking slowed us down even more than Dollface's makeup did. As a group, the entire house of over fifty members walked over together to the DDO house, and, instead of ringing the bell, we serenaded them with yet another song about being their bitches. When I pointed this out to Stilettos, all I got was a bemused shrug. DDO's president, Natalie Cressman, greeted us all warmly in the parlor, thanking the Pledge class for our entertainment the other day and giving us a chance to mingle with each other. They had spared no expense. They not only had alcohol, it wasn't that cheap plastic bottle vodka we bought, and while it wasn't exactly top shelf, it would at least be on a shelf at a bar. When we were over to serenade earlier... Their pledges were all out doing the same thing at other houses, so it was great to finally meet their freshmen. I approached a cute blonde pledge that I recognized from one of my classes. Ashley, right? I asked, moving my rum and coke to my left hand and extending a hand to her. We're in Professor Garvey's Western art class. I'm Matt. Hey, Matt. I know who you are. She smiled as she took my hand. Then, turning me towards a Chinese girl with a large set of breasts that immediately caught my eye, said, "'This is my pledge sister, Serena.' We smiled at each other and nodded. "'I love those pledge shirts,' said Ashley. "'I was one of those little girls with a princess obsession.' "'Me too,' agreed Serena. "'I had my own glass slippers and everything.' "'No need to worry,' I said. "'I think we'll be out of here by midnight.' You're the guest at the party, teased Ashley. You're the one who has to be home by midnight. Yeah, what size are your glass slippers? Asked Serena. I wear a size eight, if you must know. I laughed. Oh, you'd have no trouble finding heels that fit then, teased Ashley. All the laughing stopped, and I could see Serena giving her friend a dirty look. So, you two are in art class together. "'What's that like?' asked Serena. "'She's great,' I said. "'Uh, if you'll excuse me, I need to find one of my roommates.' "'I beat a hasty retreat from the girls. "'They obviously were in on whatever this plan was to feminize us. "'I wanted to get out of the house, and now.' "'If I can have your attention,' said Natalie." It's come to my attention that Alpha Theta Nu has some aspiring filmmakers, and I'm happy to say that we have a copy of their new premiere. If you can turn your attention to the television, we'll start the show. I didn't even have to look to know what was playing on the 60-inch plasma television. Both houses were laughing in hysterics, except for Dollface, Barbie, and me. I could see the others were devastated by being such public laughingstocks. Having nothing to lose, I simply left and walked back to the house. I picked up my bag and was about to open the door to my room when I thought about Dollface. He was enduring a crushing humiliation. And it would probably really suck to follow that up with coming back here to find me gone. I decided to at least stay until I could say goodbye properly. About an hour later, I could hear loud noises. The fraternity had returned home, and from the sound of things, they were feeling no pain. When Stilettos came into the room, he was a sight to see. He was drunk enough to have trouble walking normally, but in his shoes, he was a stumbling mess. "'Hey, man, be careful!' I warned him. "'Where's Dollface?' "'Oh, man!' That was so fun," he said, slurring his words. "Dollface, where's he? Oh, you ran out," <sniffs> he said, giving me a raspberry. "Dollface, Barbie, you're doing something about it. They stayed back to Penny Raid while the girls were all busy cleaning up. It's gonna be the greatest revenge ever. They're hiding like." Trojan horses. (laughs) He giggled. None of the girls noticed that the stars of the film didn't leave with the rest of the fraternity? I asked, clearly puzzled. No. Worked like a charm. And why would they care about a panty raid? It's not like our big sisters haven't been giving us their lingerie in order to make us wear it. I said out loud. I knew stilettos was useless. Even if they got panties, they'd never be able to make it outside unless they jumped. And even then. What are you rambling about? He asked. You need to get some sleep, I said, exasperated. I'm going to go do something incredibly stupid. You do that, he said, flopping face down on his bed. I pulled a black hoodie out of my bag and put it on over my pledge shirt. I didn't know which of my brothers I could trust, so I was just as careful creeping out of the fraternity as I would be when I got to the sorority house. At least I was trying to sneak past drunken people. I made it out the back door and across the parking lot to the Delta Delta Omicron parking lot. Using the cars for cover, I snuck as close as I could to the house. Everybody did seem to be downstairs cleaning up. There was a lot of movement downstairs, but the lights were off in the bedrooms except for what I took to be the glow of two cell phones moving about. I smiled and sighed before assessing the situation. If I climbed up on the railing, I could reach the overhang above the door. From there, I could probably get to one of the rooms, where one of them was at. I'd let them know that they were set up and get them out of there as quickly as I possibly could. I raced to the railing, knowing that this was the most exposed I would be. I was climbing on top of the railing when the door suddenly opened. What are you doing? A female voice barked before calming down. Wait. Matt, right? Yeah. Hey, Serena. I replied, recognizing Ashley's friend from the party. That was some party. I had fun. She smiled cautiously. But what are you doing? I lost my cell phone. I think I left it at the party. I had to go early, I replied meekly. I don't remember anybody saying they saw a phone. Come on in and I'll check. She said. I thanked her and waited for her to leave the back stairway before I raced up the stairs. I figured if I could collect the other two, I could get us the hell out of there. I didn't know what they were up to, but I was sure that this wasn't a coincidence that Skye had talked them into trying this suicide panty raid. My god, did anybody even do panty raids, or was that just an urban legend? Reaching the second floor landing, I tried to loudly whisper out for Dollface and Barbie. About the middle of the floor, I did it again, and this time I was met with a psst sound coming from one of the bedrooms. "'We have to get out of here. It's a setup,' I whispered, opening the door to the room and backing in, looking left and right down the hallway, to make sure nobody was coming up the stairs. "'Let's go! Now!' I turned around, but the room was now dark. There was no cell phone or other light source in this room, except for a very small bit of illumination coming up from the parking lot below." My eyes were adjusting to the darkness, but I saw movement in front of me. There appeared to be two figures down on the ground. I heard a "Mm," from the floor and turned on my cell phone to get a closer look. Barbie was laying face down on the floor, with a very tall brunette girl sitting on her back. She had been gagged with a pair of pantyhose, and she was now being hogtied with another pair. I couldn't figure out for the life of me why the girls would plan such an elaborate trap for two guys who were basically doing everything they asked anyway. Then it occurred to me that maybe they hadn't been the target of this plan. I took a step backwards, turned around, and sprinted towards the stairs. He's getting away, yelled the brunette perched on top of Dullface. I passed an open doorway, and a hand swiped at me. A blonde woman who had to be close to six feet tall was chasing after me. She was pure, hard body, without an ounce of visible fat. I realized looking back at her was a stupid idea, because it made me veer off course. She launched herself at me and hit me with a flying tackle that knocked me hard to the ground with her landing on top of me. (laughs) You might want to stay down, chuckled the girl on top of me who I later learned was an all-conference heptathlete named Allison. I tried to wrestle to my feet, but it was useless. She called out to the brunette, "'Come over here, Monica, and bring something to tie this one up.' "'Get off me!' I bellowed, but she just giggled. She twisted my right arm painfully behind my back, and when I refused to give her my left... She twisted even further until I had no choice but to reach back with my left arm. She grabbed them both to make it easy for Monica to hogtie me, which is exactly what she did to me. There was no point in resisting anymore, but I still did. I even refused to open my mouth to let her shove a pair of panties inside to gag me, but gag me she did anyway. By the time she was finished, we were joined by practically the whole sorority. Allison went to grab the other two prisoners, while Monica pulled me up into a kneeling position. Natalie made her way through the other sorority sisters to peer down at us from the front of the mob. She shook her head and clicked her tongue at us. Criminal trespass is a very serious offense, boys. Since you went into our living quarters, I wouldn't be surprised if we could make the charges even more serious. In exchange for not calling campus police, you are going to do exactly what I say. Is that understood? Both Dollface and Barbie nodded their heads eagerly. But I knelt, emotionless, burning daggers into her with my angriest stare. You have a problem with that. Candy, isn't it? Asked Natalie. Ungag him, so he can speak. As the pantyhose were untied, I spat out the pennies and told her, I know that was a trap. <laughs> Funny how you fell for it anyway, she commented. I'll find out what's going on. I know you will, she nodded ominously. You are going to find out everything. Where's Elizabeth, Lauren, and Dana? She called to the crowd. Girls. Take your little brothers and give them the works. Since we have all three of our actors here, I think it's time we make a little sequel.
0: Wow, I love that story. I'm very proud of it. It was very, It's very different than most of what I've written, but I think it's got a lot of sexy parts that you will absolutely enjoy. Um, you can find the whole thing on, on Audible, and like I said, this is one-seventh of it and another seventh of it is is in our archives so um, I did get some feedback this week I was very happy about that from Delilah, thank you, you made my week and um, I'm hoping more people will take me up on that and, and let me know what you think, I mean, I really have no idea what you're looking for and that makes it very hard for me to program more interviews, less interviews what type of stories do you want so if you want to give me some feedback you can reach me at Kylie Gable at yahoo.com Also, please support the show. Feedback is great. Reviews are great. Um, of course, using the links to buy books at Amazon, buy clips on Clips for Sale, or in this case going to Audible. I, I don't really like Audible that much really because um, the rate of pay is so tiny even compared to Amazon. But, if it's a first time listener who buys, uh, follows the link um, there's a bounty program and that's kind of nice. So that's enough Inside Baseball. I hope you're doing okay with this virus. Like I said, it it hit faith. It's hitting us all pretty hard. I am very bored. Um, I have drawn a face on a softball, which I have now named Spalding, to keep me company. And uh, I hope this gives you just a little bit of a relief from thinking about some of the other stuff that's out there and uh i hope you have a great week i plan on being back uh next week with another college changes a guy but then after that i expect some of those other audios that are out to be coming in and so who knows what we have going forward have a wonderful week and uh i'll be here next monday i hope you will too